Welcome to another episode of Sync and Assist. If this is your first time listening, well, thank you for joining us. And if you're a returning listener, well, thank you for making us a part of your weekly routine. We release new episodes every Tuesday. But this week we have yet another really good episode for you. In previous episodes, Brad has mentioned in passing that he works at a music venue and we never really get any details, but this week we sat down and Brad gives us some insight into what it is like working at a music venue. He's seen things that we as the audience don't get to see, but he gives us a look at what goes on behind the scenes, the daily operations of a music venue, as far as the venue itself, but also the bands and the artists. And that leads us into a conversation in a much-needed conversation about mental health. So like I said, we have a really good episode for you this week. But before we get into that, you can find Brad on Twitter and Instagram at Bradley Pallone. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RobertDXN. You can find Sync and Assist on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sync and Assist. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Player FM. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so please rate, review, and subscribe. But let's get right in this week's episode, episode 17, Sink and Desist. episodes of this podcast but 17 weeks yeah it seems like longer but also not as long yeah yeah but you you've mentioned before that you work in a music venue one that is very close to the both of us but uh we, we never really get any details about it it's just kind mm-hmm. of in passing so it gives right. like like a, a rundown a summary well it's um yeah, it, it, it's not really a complicated job, <laughs> but um, yeah, I work staff, security, um, and it. I think the main thing that, that makes it interesting is the kind of people that you meet. Um, my job kind of spans uh, loading in equipment to securing, you know, securing the area. Um, not so much like a, a bouncer, I guess, but more like a, just making sure everything's all all right and people aren't too drunk or something. So, uh, we, <laughs> and all the way to cleaning at the end of the night, which is um, probably the worst part about the jobs. Um, but uh, yeah, the people you meet is is what makes it interesting. Um, some people I've idolized uh, over the years. Like it's kind of it's surreal to be helping them with with their equipment, you know, getting in into the venue. Um, some people you you lose respect for, and some people you gain respect. Hmm. Um, and uh, it just it's interesting to see like the the egos of certain musicians uh, versus. You know, the lack of ego in others 
Um, the stereotypes are often true. <laughs> um, or if you ever seen like Spinal Tap or or um, yeah, School of Rock, even like you kind you get it. There there are people like that. Um, people that are passionate about music and then people that are just doing it to pay the bills. Um, or you can tell some of the ones that have lost passion for it over the years. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are, they're coping with a whole bunch of other problems in their life. Um, and they're using, you know, so it's, and you see all that, (laughs) um, backstage or, you know, tour bus or, you know, wherever it is, they're, they're doing something to occupy their mind or to put them in a, another mental place, you know, at, while they're performing. Like a, half of them aren't even really there, you know, and they're not in the moment. <laughs> um, so it's interesting that people are, they're having a good time, they're coming out and they're watching one of their favorite bands perform, but little do they know that that singer or that drummer is like, you know, they've gone through just years of just this this shit, you know, that they're just medicating at this yeah. point. <laughs> and they're kind of a, a shell of their former self, mm-hmm. so to speak. It's, it, it's, it, I love, I mean, I love working uh, in that industry. It's, it's close to what I want to do, you know, um, yeah. working around the stage. Um, you know, one of my big passions is, Gonna, is really being on that stage but beside the stage or behind it is it's probably the closest I've been to achieving you know what I want growing up as a musician and all yeah I want to be on there performing one day but uh, I know you you've been going to well this specific venue you've been going to for quite a few years yeah yeah I was sort of a late bloomer better late than ever right i've gone to so many shows mm-hmm. yeah like sometimes multiple times a week and like it's crazy because having the different perspective like i go there to kind of like cope and like this music has helped me through a lot it's been a tool it's been an instrument and i go there for that to see that to experience that but to know that that music's like my drug but the people making it they the, the on the side that you see they need something more because what's helping me is their experience that is real and they need something else because mm. mm. I'm leaning on them but what are they leaning on other things yeah right and you see that yeah well when when music becomes your your full-time job and they're on the road 10 months out of the year um music it i I can see how it starts to uh, just become so mundane so normal that they're no longer using music to cope with their problems um maybe initially they they did use music as their coping to escape from their um, 
their lives in their past and their childhood or, or teen years or whatever it is that caused them so much pain music was that escape but now that music is an everyday thing for them they're on the road they're playing shows or recording it's just you know they do it for years and years they just now they need something else uh, and a lot of times they get involved with the wrong people on the road too and uh, you know because like they're going through their stuff and now their stuff kind of becomes your stuff too you know you you're co-headlining with people that you know are also using or self-medicating um, and so you kind of start to become something you never thought you would initially um, but depression's real in, yeah. in the industry and I see it man like I really do um, it, it's the same in, in the movie industry I'm sure too if not worse um, it, it's really the same field music and acting because you're still performing you're performance artists and um, sometimes people don't know how to separate the life on the stage and behind it yeah. and, you know it just becomes so intermingled that they they're like like I said before sort of like a shell of their former self it's like are they acting or is this really them like and they their true self is so buried under so many different layers that they yeah they just they lose themselves so it um and that's not to say that um that there are a lot of artists that i see that come through that still have that drive still have that passion that hard work and they're some of the most lively cool interesting people um but even then it they're going through something so when it, it, it it's funny to me how people like to like to hate on certain styles of music or, or certain bands uh, because they changed their sound or you know just they didn't do what they wanted them to do as a band so they go on these like tirades online you know about how this band sucks and everything and you know I'm over here thinking like yeah but you don't even know what these band members are going through like yeah um they they don't really want or need to hear a lot of that. <laughs> that's why they avoid comments. That's why they avoid like reading about themselves online. Sometimes they'll just hire in a PR person to handle their social media for them, just so they don't have to like constantly see the ripping apart. <laughs> and people are ruthless. They're brutal. Um, but it's like you you really don't have any idea what they're going through. That could be the last thing they need to hear, and it, it sucks too because when when musicians commit suicide, uh, then all of a sudden everybody stops hating on them, and it's like, whoa, they weren't so bad, you know. Even the Chester Bennington situation, yeah, they they became such a joke in the industry that people made memes out of them, um, which were pretty definitely pretty funny. <laughs> not gonna <laughs> lie, but. Um, they just sort of became maybe not like Nickelback status of humor, but they were approaching it pretty fast. And um, 
it's it's interesting to me how once the news broke everyone immediately switched gears and was saying like they're one of the best bands of the genre yeah and it's like people people seem to only care about you when you're you're dead yes only when it's too late yeah yeah it's it's the taking everything for granted uh i which us as as humans tend to do i realize that we we don't have something and so we want it and then we're willing to do anything to get it and then once we get it immediately we're on to the next thing and that thing you just worked so hard to get it it, it's pointless yeah you know um and it, it I'm trying to not live my life that way where I just take everything I have for granted um but at the same time trying to balance that with I know my worth and I expect more which I know we've touched on a little bit before with um we've we've been taken advantage of um financially or emotionally like with different relationships or different jobs and you can always justify the current situation you're in by you know there's there's people that have it worse you know, and so we continue down this path um, but also keeping that in mind though that it, that is true is that there are people that have it less than you so be grateful for what you have but also strive for more strive yeah. for excellence and not just cut off short and I think that's you know that's what we're trying to do as a company too is um despite us being you know feeling like we're uh, we're being used or, or we're we're giving maximum effort for a minimum outcome <laughs> um it will all pay off but um but there's nothing wrong with you know compliments they go a long way um just like congr- congratulating what a person is and what they do, it goes a long way, and uh, and not just expecting so much out of people, you know, to a point where you're you're controlling people, you know, let them live their lives, but you know, appreciating where they're at, you know, it goes a long way, and I think. You know, musicians and people in in the career that we're trying to achieve, uh, they tend to get the shit end of the stick sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it 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 sucks to feel like you're giving your all and it not paying off. Uh, and uh, that's where a lot of issues tend to spiral is like the the lack of validation. So you search for it in other ways, and that could be with self medication and. You know, well, I'm not good enough anyways, so I'm going to do X, Y, Z. So, yeah, it's it's uh, seeing that side of the music industry is, is crazy. Yeah. It really is. And I kind of brought that into our current situation. Um, you know, even though music is one endeavor that we do want to pursue, um aside from sink and desist um so getting getting that perspective 
from working in a music venue is really it really does put things in perspective for me you know reality check for sure I mean I've been going to the venue for about 10 years or so I think about 10 years off and on and now I probably see you know over 20 shows a month yeah (laughs) (laughs) multiple shows a day at times yep yeah. So I used to keep track of how many concerts that I've been to. I've lost. I've lost track, track too. I used to write so it down. Long ago. But it does. It's pointless at this point because yeah. it's like I work them. But I said earlier, uh, before we were recording, I said, you know, if I wasn't working at this music venue, I wouldn't be going to ninety-five percent of these shows. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's some really interesting things that I've seen. Yeah, and they put a lot of. In the three rooms on the three stages, they'll put the weirdest combinations in each room. Like we have a death metal show in one room, like a pop band in the next, and then like a hip hop show in the other room. Yeah. Then like the next day, like you're saying there was this nerd burlesque. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a cosplay night. strip show, basically. Yeah, and then like Insane Clown Posse in the, the next room. It's yes. Anything goes. Right. I think yeah. the weirdest combination I've seen is um, in one room we had uh, Cuckoo Kangaroo, which is like a kid's band. Like the Wiggles, but like with, it's kind of like funny rap, like humorous rap, but it's for like little kids. So not little dicky. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and then across the way was Dying Fetus. <laughs> that was probably the most interesting combination. I think there was like a punk rock show next door too, so it was, yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I was in Dying Fetus. <laughs> <laughs> you were. That was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um we we celebrate all styles of music and different types of events that we have. I highly enjoy it, um, but it is hard. It is hard work. Yeah, Whew. setting up, tearing down, you know, and then you get the get the crazies hmm. that come in, and you gotta control the the crowd, and which doesn't respect you anyways. Yeah, because <laughs> if any of you guys seen our vlogs, you know, I'm not the the biggest guy, <laughs> which is why I don't call myself a bouncer. <laughs> I'm not a bouncer, but but I am a security guard. It's uh yeah, it's a lot of fun and I love seeing that side of the industry. But as I said before, it really there's it, it reality hits you when you see these people that are in pain, that are in so much pain that um they're just good at hiding it. And they're addicted, you know, every night it's like bottle of Jack, you know, a bottle of Crown, like they'll go through the entire thing every night, destroying their livers, like it's, um, and they're performing their songs and they don't even remember, like there's people that come through, they say like, like, have I played this venue before? And I was like, yeah, you did. You did a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's. I know it all runs together, I guess, you know, after 
but you know decades and just you know men- mental health is important and it's not talked about enough yeah i know we've we've touched on that a lot as well but mental health is very very important self-care you know a lot of a lot of them don't have families to go back to and uh, a lot of them um you know they a lot of them aren't married <laughs> as they they should probably mm-hmm. not get married and some of them do and then they're on their fourth divorce you know yeah it's hard uh, on everyone yeah, yeah yeah and it's and you're in a band so it's it's a unit you know and acting is kind of the same way and like i could bring it into that situation too it's not just uh it's not just musicians it's anyone in any industry and um we've actually been tossing around the idea of making a movie based on that too mm-hmm. kind of the dark side of hollywood very dark side. The very, very dark <laughs> like, side. Like, like really dark. <laughs> like the truth. One um, side of the truth. Yes. Yeah. Um, which we do see in, um, you know, what all these these allegations that have come to light in Hollywood since uh, since the beginning of the year or before. Uh, no, this was yeah, before. Before. Yeah. Yeah, like late last year. You know. It just it hit the fan, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's it's a good thing too because now people are starting to talk more about depression and um, abuse that goes on behind closed doors. So, um, yeah, and I think any little thing that you do helps the gr- the grand picture of it because. You know what we do is what well, we do a little bit of everything. You know this podcast and the vlogs we do are sometimes funny and sometimes serious, and um, but hopefully one hundred percent enjoyable. Yes, <laughs> it as long as it a single laugh or a single deep thought something thought-provoking whatever it is that we say or whatever it is that um you watch and you enjoy if it if it gives you a moment to forget about your problems then we're doing our job you know yeah and we, we always talk about um outlets and how they're vital they're very important because you have to express yourself and if you're not expressing yourself then you can become a part of like a, a system like you will become this system that has been laid out for you mm. you can either make a choice or the choice will be made for you and it, it's good to express yourself because if you don't express yourself everything will be binary everything will be black and white right. and it, it shouldn't be like that and you you it's important to express yourself because when you express yourself, you get things off of your chest. And if you don't get things off of your chest, they'll bottle up and you'll eventually explode. And right. it's better to let better out than in. I know about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the more you store away, yeah, the, the it's just a, a ticking time bomb mm-hmm. at that point. And... Um, I had to give myself permission to 
to express my feelings because there was a, a little there was a moment in time for me where it was all just in my room that was it yeah it, same yeah. like I needed to open up a window air it out or something but I wasn't you know um, I think I let some people in on what was going on with me but you know it I, I was probably I was afraid to be so open about it that I looked weak you know um, mainly because of the the relationship that I was in and how my feelings weren't validated as it was um, and whenever whenever they were validated um, later they were used against me um, so I just was like what's the point so I'm gonna just shut down numb out and never talk about it again and then the cycle would repeat where I would just uh, close myself off and then after that just I would explode one small thing it was just like um, you know it all came it all came crashing down and um, and then that got me nowhere too <laughs> you know so it was it was worse than people thought. There was a few people that knew something was up, but they, I was very good at hiding it, and they just never really asked. Or maybe I wasn't listening, because <laughs> every now and again someone will go up to me and ask me, like, is everything okay? And I I would get so offended at that question, like someone that I don't even really know that well or someone I, or a complete stranger I've had that where they just come up to me and they just say are, are you okay is everything alright and I would be like yeah I'm fine what are you talking about like like the, do I and I'm like do I look like I'm not okay and they just are just like oh I'm just I'm just asking you know and I just got so offended at that and then I would think about it later and it's like you know there really is something going on but I'm kind of in denial about it you know and it's it's not near you know what it used to be no, you're near what it was years ago but every now and again there are things that happen in my life at my job or in, in certain friendships people that I meet um, like in the music industry or, you know just being being a, a security guard is is difficult as it is because I'm I'm a very easygoing person who doesn't want to make waves. I you know a lot of it is is deep rooted like shame and guilt in my life that I I'm not a or I'm very afraid to stand up for myself because of the repercussions of standing up myself is confrontation yeah. and I do not like confrontation so that ties in with the whole um, not expressing myself you know kind of thing so I was afraid to be angry I was afraid to or to appear angry I was afraid to tell people no and let them down and um, yeah, to, to disappoint somebody because I felt like that was a reflection on me that if I disappoint someone that means that 
I'm a disappointment and that I'm inadequate. I'm all these things. And um, so carrying that with me while being a security guard is difficult because you have to put the foot down with some people, like sometimes my boss or sometimes um, the other staff members or you know door girls or anything would be like, or bartenders be like, hey, get that person, you know, do they have a drinking wristband or do they, you know, they shouldn't be in here or they, you know, we got to kick them out. They're being weird. So I have to go up to somebody and and tell them to go to actually get out of you know, the venue. Um, and then they try to fight with me about it. And that's difficult for me, being able to be like, you have to get the fuck out. Like, it's like, it's like I'm fighting myself to try to get those words out because I want to be nice to somebody and it's like don't don't make me be the bad guy you know Um, and then even worse when you have to watch in a backstage area make sure no one comes backstage that doesn't have a pass some people are very ballsy and want to push through the backstage area and I have to like put, put my arm out and say hey you can't go back there and some of them just try to push through anyways and I have to raise my voice and yell at them and say no it's very difficult for me you know um, that I have to be that bad guy and I don't feel powerful enough I don't feel my voice is big enough I don't feel like you know I'm a, I'm a very non-threatening non-opposing guy as it is in physique but in personality I'm I'm definitely not that way. So that a lot of that is just rooted in years and years of not feeling like my voice is heard, not feeling validated. And that's a problem that I think we have in society, in careers, is that people are are either being taken advantage of or their voice is not being heard. Um no one's really listening. Um, everyone is I- expendable, you know. It's just t- you know at turnover in in a personal way and in a career way. Turnover is crazy because how are you expected to give respect when you're not even getting it, or how are you yeah. expected to just take it lying down, you know? Um, because if you if you stand up. For yourself, uh, it automatically means you're the enemy. People are on the defense. They're not willing to hear someone's experience, their their side of things. So people, instead of sharing it, they just go home and medicate in some way. Whether it be video games, whether it be you know doing drugs or, or drinking or uh, you know sex or anything. Any way we cope, it's like we're just covering up the real problem. And it's, um, I, I didn't realize we'd be talking about mental health, but I'm kind of glad we are. Yeah. Um, I didn't plan on taking the conversation this way, but something is telling me to talk about it because yeah. I think seeing it in my job, seeing it in the music industry, and then I now, I can't unsee it in like everyone. Mm-hmm. So everyone has something they're addicted to. And everyone's 
trying really hard to to make it whatever it is they're trying to make it but we're not we're not validating people yeah instead we're we're discounting them yeah and it's mental health is like you, you said it's something that needs to be talked about but it's often not and even just like talking about it if like if you're going through something like it it helps to and it's, it's you know like cliche like if you need help talk to someone but it's the truth um mm-hmm. it does help to be able to talk to someone and a lot of people feel like they don't have anyone to talk to mm-hmm. so they do turn to different things whether it be healthier destructive behaviors and addictions and mm-hmm. and coping mechanisms but it's always best to you know try to deal with something head on and like actually face it and not you know cast it out into like this void and like fill it that void with something else and Mm -hmm. especially something that's destructive because it'll only get worse and you'll only Mm -hmm. numb yourself out but the deeper you bury something it's still there right and it's, it's just something that needs to be talked about and everyone's going through something Mm-hmm. And like like you were saying, like with the people um, that do treat you a certain way, like when you are the security guard and you do have to, quote unquote, be made the villain that <laughs> everyone's going through something and like they don't know um, mm-hmm. all the things that you deal with and you battle with and that you're not a confrontational person, but th- they don't know that. And they don't care to know that either because mm-hmm. everyone is, you know, everyone to kind of go back to a car conversation, a driving conversation that we've had on this podcast is that like we all have to look out for each other and we're all in this together, but everyone feels that where they have to go is more important than everyone else. And so they behave a certain way and it's, destructive to one themselves but also everyone around them mm-hmm. and it will cause a clash collision and it goes back to you know the golden rule treat people the way you want to be treated because if people project on um, what they're really feeling if you're not feeling well you'll make everyone around you feel the same way right the misery loves company yeah yeah Mm-hmm. So look out for each other. It's um, like selfishness is is um, it's only halfway right mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's not okay to be selfish in a way that you are trying to make everyone else's problems lessened to uplift your own in order for attention. Um, cause that's, that's an obvious, you know, you have an issue with, with not feeling validated or adequate and that you're trying to like squeeze it out of people in any way you can. Um, so you're squeezing the life out of other people and dimming their fire and that's not okay. But being selfish, you know, is, is also how you can deal with your problems so that you can stop, you know, letting 
your negative energy affect other people. Because um, you can't... You have to still run your part of the race, too. You can't li- lie there and expect someone else to fix your problems for you. Mm-hmm. You have to do it yourself. So there, it, it is selfish, but... You know, it's it's selfish with with a purpose and with a with a drive and with a with an action instead of just laying it on other people and expecting you to do everything for them that they have to do themselves. Like, and I think I've experienced that. You know, I've I've done it, and I've been a part of someone else's bad energy of sorts you know i call it energy i mean it could be that it could be vibe it could be just words actions that drain other people and um it's it you know it's not like the old school disney movies or what people got out of the disney movies of like you know if you just wish if you just dream hard enough then it'll come to you when it's like, well, you need the dream, you need the wishing, but you also need to walk the staircase. You need to start making steps, you know, and you can't stand there looking at the staircase and expecting what's at the top to come to you. You still have to walk up those stairs to grab it, but but without the intention to walk up those stairs, you, know, you won't walk up those stairs. <laughs> You know, it takes the drive and ambition, which we talk about a lot, actually, is that we have a dream, and but we also have the drive and ambition. But we also need the legs to be working. Yeah. And so we need we need to, to work those muscles a little bit. Yeah, and to not work physically demanding jobs. That so. only pay us for half the what they should yeah <laughs> but that's a whole other discussion it is a whole other discussion um well i mean i think we're quite used to whether it be jobs or or friendships or family um you i'll give you an example do you ever and i think everyone can relate to this do you ever have you helped a friend of yours move from one apartment to the next or whatever and they need help moving furniture so you you come there and you help you bust your butt and then when it's time for you to move out of sight out of mind out of sight exactly (laughs) (laughs) um that's that's essentially what you know what's happened to me with careers and with relationships and stuff it uh, it not necessarily that exact example, but that's just one literal example, um, and it's um, it's disheartening to feel like you're giving maximum effort for minimum outcome or for minimum compensation, but it's all for a purpose. And here at Sink and Desist, we believe that everything happens for a reason yeah we really do and um it's fueling the drive to for us to get to where this is going to be our our thing our our full-time career and without the bad it's hard to appreciate the good 
yeah everything was handed to us by a silver spoon mm-hmm. you know where's the reward <laughs> yeah you have no ethic if everything is given to you <laughs> and let these trying times be you can look at them as trying times or you can look at them as lessons experiences for you to build upon let these be those steps let let these trying times also help you get put into motion to make those steps mm-hmm. let, let this fuel you let this frustrate you until you do move it's true yeah and that's where we are <laughs> that is where we are yeah <laughs> frustrated and ready to make those steps I'm like I want to like just jump up the steps I want to like yeah jump skip up, a take few. a few <laughs> I actually never I never actually like just walk up the steps step by step like uh, I always like skip a few yeah get up there a lot faster <laughs> but you, you, but also don't take shortcuts but also like I kind of want to like jump a couple steps at a time <laughs> <laughs> Or tripping up the steps. I didn't think that was a thing until it actually happened. Like tripping up steps. Yeah, fail forward. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. It is yeah. a real thing. Like a lot of people that um, you idolize sometimes. <laughs> how, how they get there? <laughs> trip, trip up the steps. It's like what just happened? <laughs> but I mean, everyone's going through something, and it. Sometimes just take that extra second before you react and think like this is a fellow human being. Treat them how you want to be treated, and don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going through something, but yeah, I mean, I I think it it is. I, I don't want to say poetic, but I I think it says a lot that um. We started from talking about a music venue and the artist to now talking about mental health because the two are oftentimes very connected. Mm-hmm. And music is, like I said, it's a, it's a tool, it's an instrument, it's sort of a medication, if you will, it's a pill for you to mm-hmm. swallow and help you deal with that pain. It's it's Advil, <laughs> it is, um, but it is, but. I've always said that music doesn't save you, but it helps you realize how strong you really are. And everyone's going through something, and people deal with them differently. But mm-hmm. oftentimes, it, it is music, and that is also where people go to escape, whether they're listening to it or creating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine so. There's like seven billion people in the world. Right or well, more than that now, but uh, seven point five, I think, going on eight billion people in the Every world. So there's there's eight billion stories. Yeah, think about it. Eight billion stories to tell that you, that can be told. Every life has a story, and we treat people like NPCs and not actual players in this game of life. Hmm game of life although now I have poetic justice stuck in my head since you said poetic justice poetic justice (laughs) put it in a song but uh, I think I think that about does it yeah yeah for this week's episode 
It was a, a ride, but it's not it life. Thank you for joining us weekly as usual. And we'll catch you next time.